Hello everyone, this is Jerome. I serve as a community pastor here at First Christian Church. Welcome to our brand new podcast. I'm so glad that we get to serve you today through this message. God bless you. Let's get into the word. Good morning, family, my beloved sisters and brothers. I'm glad to be up here this morning. We just got back from Pine Haven last night. We spent a week with some children on a ranch in Montana and like there's a thousand stories, but none of them can uh, just explain what's happening up there. God is just doing amazing things in these kids' lives, and we got to witness it. It reminds me of that. I'm yelling at you. It reminds me of that, um, that Bible verse that says, our eyes have seen marvelous things. That's what we had. But, you know, before I start, I might want to tell you something before it comes in the headlines, okay? We were roughing it. Okay, maybe we weren't roughing it, but I was roughing it. <laughs> there were bugs. I had to wear the same clothes for three days. Um, it, was, it was really rough. I went on a, a, a team. We, we gathered around this deck, and we were going to um, stain it. And everybody looked around and said, has anybody painted before? And I was like, yeah, I've painted before. And they're like, you're in charge. So it was crazy. It was crazy. I had um, some of the children there. Uh, I had, you know, this very character, uh, 77-year-old man. It was funny. But we uh, were painting on a house that was near a barn with baby cows, with, you know, a bull. And um, there were some tourists over here as we were taking a break. They were looking at the baby cows. We, I sat down, I'm drinking my water, I hear somebody over here go, oh, there's a wasp. And this little boy took his little paint script, uh, scraper, and he went over and he got something. And as he came back by me, there was a King Kong yellow jacket wasp on his scraper. And as he walked past my lap, he dropped that thing. And you know, I like these stylish pants with the holes in them. Mine had a big hole in there. That wasp just went bloop, right in the hole. Well, I jumped out of my seat and I was like, ah, you know. I don't like even killing bugs, my friends will tell you. But I reached in that hole and I was trying to get that, doing that, and just crawled to the back of my knee. So I looked out, I was like, Sarah, I gotta take off my pants. She says, yeah, you gotta take off your pants. And I knew there was tourists over here. There's little boys over here. There's some men. I'm like, I can't do that. So I'm pulling up the pants to try to kill the thing, right? He stings me. At this point, I'm like, Sarah, I'm taking my pants off. She's like, I already, I would have already done that. So my strategy was just to scream at the top of my lungs, everybody turn around! Everybody turn around! And I pulled those pants off. <laughs> and I shook them out. I can hear Josh over here saying to, to Neil, no, the other way, Neil, don't look! You gotta turn around the other way, you know? I just had to tell you this story because when the headline comes out, care pastor traumatizes children at a children's ranch, you know the story first. <laughs> there are hundreds of stories of what happened up there. Connect with us. You've got to hear what's happening. So we've been talking about being like Jesus, and we want to pray like Jesus. 
right? So I was thinking, Jesus prayed and was in contact with the Father all the time. That pray without ceasing, it was a constant conversation. We, do we do that? Do we consciously look for an awareness of Jesus at all times? Pray without ceasing. Some people call it a conscious contact with God, connection with God. I love when they say to connect with the Holy Spirit every 10 seconds. A.W. Tozer says, press into the presence of God and live your life there. And I like this verse in the message. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. But it's in the message, and you know the message is kind of a our language translation. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Jesus was uh, constantly in contact with the Father. A few years ago, I don't know, it was probably more years ago than I thought, I was sitting in this section over here and I was practicing the presence of God. The sermon was over, and I was just kind of reflecting in my seat by myself. And I felt this impression on my spirit, and it said, I'm going to teach you how to love. My first reaction was, I'm the most loving person I know, God. What are you talking about? I need to learn how to love? Next, there was this cute guy, and he walked down the aisle to the stage, and I was like, Yes! God, I know what you're doing. Romance is in the air. That's not what happened. Two months later, I learned that my mom had a brain tumor under, under the front part of her, her um, frontal lobe. She uh, had brain surgery. She spent three months in a coma. And talk about life decisions. That practicing the presence of God was praying over me quitting my cushy, cushy uh, corporate job, selling my house, moving in with a lady who 90% of the time was fun and loving, don't do it, don't cry, and, and beautiful. But she also had brain injury, so she was very difficult to love. Um, everything was a life decision. Her pills, drinking water, where she slept, she could not be left alone or she might wander outside or blow up a toaster. So everything was a life decision. I want to say here that when we pray, it's not always a, a celebratory like answer. It's not always good things that come our way. But God does amazing things. He did a thousand things when I took care of mom. She died in 2019. But what came from those thousand things was I learned how to love sacrificially, true love. We have God's story later, but I want to stop by this story on our journey as we're talking about Jesus praying over his life decisions. 
Um, in Mark, there are two stories. Remember last week we talked about feeding the 5,000? 24 hours later, Jesus was walking on the water. Between those two incidents, incidents, Jesus was praying. This was a life decision. I want to read this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat. So they've just fed the 5,000. Then he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up to the mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw his disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Before this incident, and then after this, he walks on water, and so does Peter. But before this incident, Jesus prayed. As he sat upon that mountainside and he looked over the lake, he watched his disciples, his inner circle. Sometimes disciple isn't close enough for me. His inner circle, the people he loved, straining at the oars on the, on the lake. And as he had that constant conversation with God, he obviously was praying for them. What do we think he was saying? We don't know. But I think that probably what happened later, he was praying to strengthen their faith, right? He was going to walk them through something to not be afraid and for Peter to walk on the water. Are you struggling against the oars? Do you have stuff in your life that's pulling at you and you've got to struggle against it? Wayward kids? Do you have finances or heartbreak? I just want to encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters, Jesus is on the mountainside of heaven watching you strain at those oars. And he's probably not praying that you have an easy road. Sorry to say. He's probably not praying that you are going to have it easy, but what he is praying for is that you won't be afraid and that you'll get up and walk on that water. Now we get to God's story. This is our discovery story. And this is uh, our new tradition here. I don't know if it's all that new, but it's new, uh, our tradition here where we look at a story and we see what that word, what that story does in us and what the Holy Spirit says. So we're going to look at Luke 6, 12 through 16. One of those days, Jesus went out on the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them to designate as apostles. Simon, the one he named Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, if you can say that, Simon was called the the zealot, Judas, the son of James, and of course, Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. We've looked at this list before. It's kind of a motley crew, isn't it? 
impoverished fishermen that were probably much like us, right? Hardy and rugged. There was a doubter, poor Thomas. That's all he's ever known for, right? For millions of years, he will be Thomas the doubter. Matthew, he was a tax collector. and Not like our little guy with the pen pocket protector. He was like more like a bribe collector for the oppressor of his people. So he kind of was a traitor himself. Simon the Zealot, much like a terrorist of our day. And then, of course, Judas. He prayed all night for this list. God is sovereign. He had a plan. So let's read this story again, because repetition. We're going to put it in our hearts and see what God, what the Holy Spirit brings up for us. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. When the morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 to designate as apostles. Simon, the one he called Peter, Andrew, James and John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, the traitor, who became the traitor. So this isn't a very long one. Does anybody think that they could tell this from memory? I've had two weeks. Can you catch up that fast? <laughs> if anybody wants to read it, that would be great. If not, I'll read it for our third time. I was sure my BFF would remember this. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called to his disciples called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them to designate as apostles. Peter, I'm sorry, sorry, Simon, the one he called Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Resonate with that story a minute. See what the Holy Spirit brings up. Do I have anybody who wants to go to the mic and share what God's doing in him right now? John, John, John. <laughs> Hello. Hey, how you doing, Kathleen? I'm amazing. good. Thanks. You're doing amazing. We just want to oh, share that with thank you. Thank you. Um, something that uh, this had brought to mind. I uh, I went through alongside and was blessed with uh, Tom Timmers as my uh, as my mentor. And so something that he had shared with me once was that we need to be in prayer more often so that we can find out what God wants us to do. Because there's so many times I know in my own personal life that I needed to work that I've been needing to work on. Right is where I'm. Instead of asking God what my next step is or what he wants me to do, I sit there and I come up with this great plan. And I'm like, all right, cool, you're going to bless it, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so and so. And there's, and there's one example that he's worked on is uh, my wife and I are about to have twins. And so we're, we're thinking of names. 
But I'm trying, instead of coming up with some cool name, I'm just trying to think about what God wants to name. Because right. God named Jesus, God named John the Baptist, named Samuel, all these dudes in the Bible. That's so I'm wanting decision. to see what he wants yeah. to name my son or daughter instead of So that's about it. So just to, instead of coming up with these plans and asking him to bless it, ask him what his, our next move is. You know what I mean? That's why Jesus, even throughout his ministry, continued to pray so he could get the direction from his father. So he Amen. could pick who to choose. So he could go out there and get Peter oh, on the water. Did. So yeah. that's all that came to me. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Anyone else? Just wanted to say um, it's ironic that you brought the story of the struggle with the bugs and I'm just saying that. <laughs> um, but it just brought back memories. Me and my son were on the phone this morning talking and I talked about my life growing up to him where we were scared growing up, you know, God is getting us ready for this gray day. We're going to die in the year 2000, you know, so we heard all of this. And I'm like, so why should I go to college or why should I even make a life if God is going to kill us? You know, yeah. so I became Doubting yeah. Thomas. I so I was this Doubting person where I just didn't believe. I'm like, this is not happening. I don't care. My dad was a monster, and he was the most beloved in the church because we went to church every day. And then when I became my own person, I said, I'm not going to church. I'm not doing any of this. Right. You know, but I would bore you with my stories um, that I've been through throughout my life. But I wanted to say this. I went to church, and I was the angriest person on the bench, I will tell you. And we were homeless. I had all my children, and mon come Monday morning, I was short $375 on my move-in costs. And I looked at my husband, and I said, I hate you. You don't have my money. You don't have anything. Like, we're mm -hmm. just done, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I felt that way, like Doubting Thomas. There okay. just was no hope left. And... I went to church anyway, and I was like, I don't even deserve to be here. You know, why am I here? And it was like a really big convention for our community church. And I sat there, and they called the offering. They walk, and the lady put money in my hand. I was scared to look at the money that was in my hand, and I just dropped it in the basket. I'm like, okay, she gave me some money. I put it in the basket. After I dropped the money in the basket, she gave me more money. I went to my seat, and I stuck the money in my purse, and I'm like, oh, God, what is this? When I opened my hand, it was exactly $375, no less, no more. That's how I knew God was real. Woo! I like that story. Yes, yes. Thanks for sharing. Hey. It's amazing because Jesus doesn't tell his disciples, hey, we're going to have a competition to see who's going to be one of my 12. It's mm. no competition. Jesus chose the 12. That's right. Spent the night in prayer, 
chose the 12, which tells us that, Mike, it's not a competition about getting to heaven. I'm going to choose you. You are chosen. We are chosen to be his followers, to be his sons and daughters. And so to me, realizing uh, that God has chosen me gives me the courage and, and the sense of importance of God's son to go out and do his will. So we're chosen. Wow, I love that, Mike. Thank you. Yes. I just wanted to say um, what I got out of the message is something that I did a while back. The first thing I noticed about the message is that he changed their names. They were no longer the thief, the robber. In my case, I was not called a bastard or this or that. The first thing he did when I came to him, he changed my name and I understood who I was in him. And now I, I, I've been transformed into a new person back to the way that he had always seen me. And that's all I wanted to say is that he changed my name. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Well, this thing go lower. Uh, <laughs> we got a step stool, Derek. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Derek. Uh, to me, it shows the importance of not discrediting the people that God places in our lives, whether we completely like them or not we need to learn to love people because we're not always lovable and there's a purpose for everybody in in our lives just like there's a purpose for us in other people's lives so we should never discredit people just because they they do things or they act some way sometimes the way we don't like they act whatever there's always a purpose for people in our lives i love so that Thank that's you. what that says Wow, there's so many different things that came up today and from first service to now. I, I love that. You know, Jesus, Jesus prayed all night. This, this was an important decision for him. He spent the night in prayer with the Father. And um, then he chose a bunch of guys that none of us would never have chosen. And, uh, and you're right, Gerald, he did change a couple of names. And um, I love the thought, you know, Mike, that God, he makes deliberate choices and he makes no mistakes. And Jesus was willing to entrust his life's ministry into this motley crew. And he's... He's done the same with all of us. Yes. He's chosen us, and we are a mess, but he still wants to accomplish this work of establishing his kingdom on earth through people like us, just like he did. He got it started with those 12 guys, and we know a lot of their story. They were, they were a wreck. But Jesus used them anyway, and he will do the same with us. Well, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Kathleen, you said that Jesus prayed, but what did he pray? Well, we do have examples of Jesus praying. He prayed for unity, right? He prayed for you and me, he prayed for his 12, 
He prayed in the garden for God's will to be done. So we do have some examples. Best I can say is that anytime we're making life decisions, I don't have a five-point plan, but I'm thinking that we would want to choose a decision that glorifies God. That's our one. We want to glorify God with what we're choosing. Obviously, if we choose the, wrong, the job that is illegal, selling drugs or something, that's not glorifying God. We also want to make sure that we are choosing love, not ourselves. Don't choose, make our life decisions for ourselves, but for God and for others. And third, we talked a lot about the conscious contact with God. That's listening. We want to hear that still, small voice. Can I pray for us? And we'll start um, worshiping. Father, we just come before you. I pray that you will just work in us this week. That first of all, that you would just bring up, uh, just remind us these good things, these nuggets that you've put in us today. Being chosen, changing names, changing lives. These 12 that changed this whole course of this whole world. Help us to remember that. And I also ask that you would give us opportunity to tell others this week. Give us opportunity to show how Jesus prayed on the mountainside for his inner circle and for his life decisions. Please bless this family. They are so, so good to me, and you are so good to me in this family. I pray, Lord, that each one, if they're hurting, that you will reach in and that you will heal their hurts. I pray, Lord, that you will give them mouths to just cry out, to their brothers and sisters, to us here at church, that we might help. I pray this in Jesus' name.